Yeah, I'm chewing gum. It's the Hubba Bubba. You know, that old school shit. The bubble tape. But, nevertheless, story time. It is story time. I have been ducking and dodging and feeding breadcrumbs of this story for a long time. Some of y'all might look at me different. Some of y'all might commend me. Some of y'all might get fruit from the message. Some of you won't. Doesn't really matter. I just been moved to share. We're going to call this going to hell. That time I took an edible. Some of y'all might be like, what? Jazz took an edible? I thought Jazz was sober. Oh my God. I can't believe she, why would she take an edible? Some of y'all might be like, man, that ain't shit. Ain't nothing. You know, it's just an edible. Let me tell you something. I'm talking to somebody that doesn't smoke. Okay. I don't smoke. If anything, I was a drinker. I do not smoke. So with that being said, when I took this edible, it rocked my world so much so that I became sober. It started the whole sobriety journey. That year, I had gone through so much. I lost my daughter 2017. Did not grieve her properly. I'll share that with you one day, the full story. And like I always do, I throw myself into my work. I try to get creative. I find other ways to deal with my junk. Or I used to, instead of just talking about it. I used to do that. Now I understand I have to talk about it. I threw myself into work. I was job hopping like crazy that year. Every time I looked up, I had a new gig. I even started two new businesses. As a matter of fact, I believe I started my podcast shortly after that. I started a whole bunch of endeavors to hide how I was feeling. I was feeling like shit, lost my daughter, just lost my family. Even though it was an abusive dynamic, my family was torn apart. My children felt it. I was feeling like shit. Every day, depression weighed on me like a thick blanket. Depression felt like nails in my back, heaviness on my shoulder, and fog in my brain. My brain could not see clearly. Like everybody talks about having a third eye. Well, guess what? I'm telling you, mine was closed. Mine was blocked. I I I could not see the I couldn't see beyond my situation. So I drank. And I drank. And I drank and I would finish bottles of wine, clean my house up top to bottom, and just drink. Well, my birthday was coming. Two weeks before my birthday, I heard God tell me, you need to deal with your problems. And I can't remember what I said back to that voice, but I said something to the effect of this. And what if I don't? That's how I responded back to that voice. My birthday is a trigger for me. 
Some people go all up for their birthday. I ain't mad at you. Celebrate. You know, somebody should. But my birthday is a trigger for me. My mother had me young. So it's not like my mother was super excited about my birthday. Ultimately, my birthday ruined her life. She had me so young. It took a great portion of her life. So I felt that for years. So my birthday never really feels like super important. Don't roll out the violin or feel like you need to overcompensate me in any way, people. I'm good. You know, I'm just telling you like it is. It's a trigger for me. And just like any other birthday, waking up to emptiness triggered the hell out of me. I said, I'm not sitting like this all day today. I'm going to get high. I'm, I'm going to get high today. I'm not sitting in this house feeling this heaviness and this agonizing pain any longer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get high today. But I said, wait, I don't smoke. I don't feel anything. I'm going to give me an edible. It should be safe. Is what I say. I said it should be easy. I mean, I'm just ingesting the damn marijuana. What the hell could happen? I had no knowledge as to what a bad trip was. I thought a bad trip happens when you take shrooms or something. Okay, I'm I'm not educated because in my mind, I'm not an addict. I don't have a substance abuse problem. There's nothing wrong with me. So I hit up a friend of mine and I said, listen, I want an edible tonight. Doesn't matter. I have the money. Are you sure? He said, like, like, do you really, do you do, like, do you take edibles? And I'm thinking to myself, like, look, that's cute. You know, you calling yourself wanting to protect me, but I'm like, it's an edible. I'm thinking I know more than this guy. And this is what he does on a regular. I'm like, I'm good. You know, I want what I want. So I get it. I don't take it right away because I want to use it to wind down. In my head, when I'm high, I'm relaxed. You know, I want to wind down. I don't want to turn up. So I'm in the bed. It's late. The birthday was awful. Okay, like it always is. (laughs) Something always goes wrong. But, um... I take the edible. Nothing happened. It tastes good. Nothing happens. I feel like that Facebook meme when it says, in order for the edible to work, you have to say it ain't shit. So I said to myself, it ain't shit. You know, I ate it, played on my phone a little bit. I was getting ready to go to sleep because obviously this was a waste of time and my money. And whatever. That's my fault for looking for a thrill so I begin to feel hella funny and then I black out and then I wake back up and then I black back out and then I run to the bathroom because I'm like oh shit this thing has me out of my body like what the hell and I wake up 
the first thing that happens, I can hear my thoughts like on Friday, hella loud. I'm like, think, Jasmine, think, stay still, don't move, think, Jasmine, don't move, think, stay still. Oh my God, what's going on? Oh shit. I hear my heart beat. I hear my thoughts. I'm like hella paranoid. I lock myself in the bathroom. I'm like, oh shit. I done got myself in some damn trouble tonight. I was so high. I could not pick up my phone that was next to me and call anybody to help me out because I was scared that the people was listening. Whoever the people was, they was listening to me and I was scared to pick up my phone and call someone. So finally, I got the strength to call someone. I called my best friend. I told her, I said, listen, if you never heard me before, hear me now. Call somebody. Call the police. Something is wrong with me. I'm dying. She said, girl, you just high. She was asleep. She was knocked out. She was like, listen, you just high. I said, no, you have to hear me. And I began to pour out my feelings for her, my love for her, because I just knew I was going to die that night. I said, you have to hear me when I say I hate that we fight. I hate that things are the way that they are. You know, you've always been a friend to me. I'm, I'm, I'm just pouring out my life story to this girl. And I'm like, you need to get help. I can't move. I can't think. Everything was a task to move, to think, to talk. Then I had to fight with the paranoia. It was crazy. Finally, I hang up on her because I feel like she wanted the people. Remember, I'm paranoid. So I'm like, she wanted the people. Got to hang up on her ass. Called my boyfriend. Well, he was calling me, I think. And I couldn't pick up the phone and answer. And then finally, I stood to my feet and I went to hell. What I mean is that my body began to shake in convulsions like I was on some type of loop I couldn't break from. I kept shaking. My mind would not leave agony. It just stayed in agony. And I couldn't think. All I could do was shake uncontrollably. Then I looked into the mirror. I looked at myself and I began to punch my mirror. I began to recite the craziest shit. Like I, I pulled my shower rod off and, and, and fucked the bathroom up. I mean, I took, the, I took that shower rod and tore my bathroom up. I could not handle. I tried I tried to put myself in the tub with running water and submerge myself in the water to drown myself. I was tripping out. I didn't know what the hell to do. All I know nothing could change the fact that I was in hell. I began to hear a voice. It was like Jesus was talking to me. And the voice was telling me that I wasn't going to die that night. 
but I was going to learn a lot about myself while I was on that loop between trying to drown myself, tearing up my bathroom, shaking uncontrollably. The voice came to me and was basically telling me I wasn't going to die that night, but I was going to learn about myself. And I'm like, I'm in hell. Like, I got to be in hell because I have no control over my own body. I can't think beyond my thoughts right now. I'm stuck. I can't get out this room. I don't have enough sense to leave the room. For whatever reason, I feel like I'm stuck. I'm in hell. So, finally, after listening to this voice, I swear to you, it was like listening to Jesus himself. And I could tell because the voice was so sweet, understanding, immediately willing to save me from myself. It was Jesus. And I really needed to share tonight that story because I was struggling with my faith this week and I'm reminded of grace. Just simply sharing that tidbit with you guys. Like that was Jesus that came in and interceded on my behalf because I was in some, I was in some trouble. The way I felt those drugs, whatever was in that edible had me off my ass. So finally, I get out of the bathroom. I finally get the strength to get out of my bathroom. And I can look at my peripheral and I can see my boyfriend come in. But I'm so high still that I can't think straight. I can't do anything. And I lay down and I cry on the bed. But that the hell, that, that hellish feeling... The hellish like nature of not having control over your own body, the fear still remained. And I went to the bathroom and I was face to face with my boyfriend, who, by the way, does not smoke or drink and is anti substances. Okay? Anti. Like, like, I mean, like, he don't do this shit in real life. Like, it's a problem. That I'm, I'm, I'm literally under the influence of something and he's sober. He's, he's hot. Okay. So he's like, what are you on? And in that moment, I never felt so much shame in my life. I've never felt dirty like that in my life. And I'm like, he talking to me like I'm a crackhead. Am I a crackhead? Like that voice told me, I was going to learn a lot about myself that night. He was trying to stop the water that had began to flow into the floor because I had tore the bathroom up. And at this point, my mother comes. This is where it gets interesting. The voice in my head told me to forgive my mother and it all made sense this is what God was trying to tell me weeks prior to my birthday that I needed to deal with my shit and I didn't 
So it led me to that point, the lowest point in my life where whether I want to argue with them or not, I'm looking hella suspect. I'm looking like somebody, I'm looking like a junkie right about now. So I'm fucked up because I'm like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm humble. Like I'm being humbled in front of people. I really don't want seeing me like this. This was a divine intervention. So I'm looking at my mom and my voice even goes back into the same childlike voice I had when I was a kid, when I'm interacting with her. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I got a lot of work to do. Will I get another chance? Because in that moment, it didn't feel like I was going to have another chance to make this right and deal with my stuff. It felt like the end. I could not escape my mind. That was the hellish most experience of my life, being unable to escape my mind. If you could have saw me, I was butt ass naked, no clothes on, took my wig off. So I was out here looking like Don King mixed with James Brown. I was... <laughs> I can laugh now about it. You can laugh now. You know, if you laughed before I gave you the okay to laugh, that's cool too. It is what it is. I ain't got shit to hide. But... I was, I was seeing the ugliest part of myself for the first time. And damn, if this is what other people saw, I got to clean this shit up. Blacked out again. I woke up, I had on clothes. My boyfriend dressed me up, went to the hospital. Before I went to the hospital, though, paramedics had came had me do a couple of exercises to see where my mental state was. My mom let them know that I suffer from bipolar disorder. They take me in. I get in the ambulance and I bear my soul to the, to the lady, to the paramedic. I'm telling her all my business. I mean, stuff I'm not even about to tell y'all. Okay. Personal, private business. And she's, and I have no control over this. And she's sitting there like, what the hell? It was just a purge. Like everything that I kept up on the inside that I wanted to hide all came out that night. I even had visions. It was bizarre. All of this from taking a damn edible. What I found out was those of us that have mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, whatever have you, we can't take edibles because they cause episodes of psychosis. So what seemed like a bad trip was really an episode of psychosis. I was going through it that night. I got to the hospital I got the freestyling. I told them people I knew Tupac. I told the lady that was treating me at the hospital that she was a Feeny Shakur. I, I tripped out. 
I, I, I blacked out. They had to stabilize me with whatever medication they injected me with because all I felt was a sting in my right arm. They had to strap me down on the bed because I would not lay still. I could not sit still. My birthday's November 14th. When I woke up, it was November 16th. I had been out for two days cold because of that medication. Shit, it could be a combination of that medication plus that damn edible. When I woke up on the 16th, I immediately felt guilt. I was ashamed that I had been exposed like that. All because I wanted to get high. I could not believe that I was in the hospital bed, strapped down like an animal, because I wanted to get high. Everybody else is smoking. Everybody else is drinking their problems away. Why couldn't I do it? Because I'm called for greater. You know how annoying that was to hear at the time? How annoying that still is to hear? That your peers can do whatever they want. But because of the assignment on your life, you're expected to act accordingly. Where do we go? Where do I go? Where's my outlet? Where am I going to get high at? My podcast. Every time I get off my podcast, it's like an aroma. It's like an a, a energizing feeling. I, I asked God this morning. I said, listen, this depression is whipping my behind. You're going to have to give me something or else I can't do it no more. And then as always, the idea comes in my brain. Get your butt on your podcast and talk. And I get on here and I talk to you guys. And I share stories about my life and my experiences. And it all makes sense. And it makes me feel better. And it brings me back here. How vital this podcast is to me. And maybe to you too. I don't know. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself. And you might not like my podcast. You might not like listening to the things I share about. It, it You know, I, I understand that. Like, once again, like we're going to keep it real. Like, not everything I say, I'm pretty sure people agree with. Anyways, I woke up that morning and I felt really bad. My boyfriend, to his knowledge, did not know that I drank as much as I did. My mother didn't know. My best friend didn't know. Nobody knew because it was a dirty secret. It was something I kept to myself. Nobody knew that I was a pill popper. And I drank bottles of wine to myself a day. Whiskey in my coffee. Okay. And on the hard days, oxy at work. Nobody knew I lived like that. And to be exposed, it I was so vulnerable, I had to lean on God. 
I was so vulnerable. I had nothing. I couldn't, you, you, you couldn't talk your way out of a night like that. You tearing up your bathroom. You walking around with no clothes on. Your wig off your head. You talking about you the next Tupac. There was no way to get out of what lied before me. And that was the fact that I was mentally ill. And I had a substance abuse problem. And I needed help. I didn't want anybody to know I needed help because I wanted to do it myself. I had my own way to deal with it. My neighbor in the hospital had a phone and I didn't, I didn't even have my cell phone on me. Bills were due that day and everything. Like I had to call, like I had so much responsibilities that I had missed out in the last two days. I, I, I I literally, I, I I was, I I went into a frenzy. I said, I gotta get a phone, I get to a phone, I gotta call somebody, you know, I gotta get this shit under control. I asked my neighbor if I could use his phone in the hospital. He let me use his phone. I gave it back to him. And he said, young lady, why are you here? And his voice convicted me. It was almost like I was meant to meet this guy. Like, like I didn't know him. I didn't owe him nothing. He didn't owe me anything. But I felt like I had to tell him the truth. And I said... Well, I took an edible. I had a bad trip, is what I said. And now I'm here. Like, I want to go home. I want to get out of here. What What do I do? He says, I, I don't ever want to see you here again. He says, I'm HIV positive. I believe he told me he had cancer as well. He said, I used to do drugs. I used to do that because I wouldn't deal with my problems. There it is again. And he told me it led him to getting HIV. I was so in shock and overwhelmed with his story. He was so sweet. He was nurturing. He really saved my life. In the short time we had that conversation, I did not know I was so deep in my mess until that moment. My boyfriend came in. I was a wreck. My arms were on like 3K. I hadn't had a bath in two days. I was at my worst. I didn't want anybody to see me like that. And all I could do was just cry and ask him something that sober me would never ask for out of fear of being exposed for the fragile being that I was. I said, please just hold me. I'm so, so sorry. I didn't mean it. Just hold me. And he did. His forgiveness was everything because I felt like complete shit.
I became sober. I couldn't, I couldn't, I think I struggled for like a few more weeks after that. I drank until my coworker got in my shit and she told me, she's like, these people out here are on drugs. They have fallen deaf to God. And it really convicted me. It woke me up. And I'm here now. Not to tell you not to smoke, not to drink. That's your life. That's your business. I'll never do that. But to deal with your shit. Via podcast, writing, whatever ways, pastor, talking to a friend, deal with your stuff before you lose everything. I could have lost everything. And this is just because I wanted to get high. Like, I didn't even, like, I wasn't even a habitual user. That's the crazy part. You know, white people, they get away with snorting coke occasionally you know for the in-laws come over and stuff excuse me for saying that you know because I'm probably I probably have white listeners but black people (laughs) we're automatically dope fiends and and crackheads when all we're trying to do is find some escapism through the pain the trauma I didn't realize I had so much trauma to deal with. That following year, I had to put myself together piece by piece. And it was hard work fighting through the anxiety and the depression. Something that still plagues me to this day. I beat the depre- I beat the anxiety, but I did not beat the depression. Me and her still... And you know what? Depression is a feminine spirit, I, in my opinion. Because she don't know when to let up. She don't She don't stop. She don't quit. That's a feminine energy. I, I can't tell you how many times depression has stolen pieces of my life. And how getting high provided a temporary fix. I didn't know that getting on here and recording could be so empowering and could offer the same effect. I didn't know until I did it, until I was moved to record. I will never forget the first time I ever recorded on my podcast. It was like a push. Something said, do it, do it. And I said, no, because I want to curse. Something said, hey, get that off your chest. Get it off. And it makes me think about something my therapist told me to do. My therapist had told me um, at the time I was telling him an issue I had with two people in my life. And he told me, do I talk fast? People tell me I talk fast. And sometimes I catch myself talking fast. Sorry in advance. Because like I've been talking like this my whole life. And people tell me I talk fast. But sorry. But um, two people in my life I was having issues with. One deceased, one alive. I know you like, how the hell are you going to have issues with somebody that's deceased? Well, if you never had the chance to tell them how you really felt, you got issues with them, right? 
he told me to write a letter that was the truth, like how I really felt, and burn it. And that they would receive it in the spirit. They would receive what I said in the spirit if I didn't want to talk to them directly and tell them how I felt. So I did that. And when I did it, it changed everything. It changed everything. I I instantly felt the effect. I forgot the name of the process. It's it's a process. It, I think it's the empty chair process. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. But that's what dealing with your shit looks like. And I did that, and I'm still doing that. And as long as I record, you're going to hear me do that. And if you don't like it, you can always not listen. But I'm going to deal with my shit. Life is too short. I have two boys I'm trying to raise. That alone is a job. Not because I'm a single parent, but because I'm raising... I look at it like I'm raising humanity. I have two boys. The the assignment, the, like to, to get the assignment to raise two boys, I'm overwhelmed. I'm flattered that God trusted me with these children, but I'm overwhelmed that I'm expected to bring these two human beings, these small little humans, into adulthood safely, knowing I'm a mess the way that I am. That's just real talk. But nevertheless, hell is real. I feel like hell is something you'll never be able to articulate. You'll never be able to put in words. I feel like hell... Put it to you like this. Your worst day experiencing your greatest loss could never compare to the feelings of despair, the feelings of agony, feeling absent, feeling the absence of of not having any grace. It'll never compare to what hell truly stands for. Your worst day could never be hellish. And that's how I felt being high off my ass in psychosis from taking that edible, that I was in hell. I couldn't escape myself. I didn't have control. It's like my fate was determined. Because there's obviously a higher power. That that moment when I couldn't stop myself from tripping out, I couldn't settle my own self like I can now. Like If I want to go to sleep right now, I can go to sleep, right? Free will. The fact that I could not settle my spirit in that moment let me know that there was a higher power that I needed to give respect to, I needed to acknowledge, 
and that just plain had power over me. Luckily, somebody interceded on my behalf, letting me know. I left out a great, I left out the fact that when I heard that voice, that that angelic voice that told me I wasn't going to die that night, I remember hearing that you might, this is what the voice said to me, you might think you get beat up, but how many times did I get beat up for y'all? That made me think about Jesus and what he had to endure. If anybody went to hell, if anybody knows hell, it's Jesus to bear the sins of us all and then to have to die. Can you even, you can't, your, your brain can't even wrap around what that means. You become the most hated for, for humanity. You take a gruesome death for humanity because you love them. If I hadn't heard that voice, I don't know if I could have pulled through. So I'm curious, how many of you do edibles? How many of you had the same experience? Have you had a bad trip? Do you wind down? You know, I've had a couple people tell me they've had bad trips. They've seen demons. You know, I even YouTubed a couple of experiences just so I know I wasn't crazy, you know, and apparently other people have had the same experience as I, and it changed my life. And I struggled with getting on here and sharing this particular story because I didn't want people to know I had a substance abuse problem because I didn't think I did. When I used to drink wine, the whole bottle of wine and another bottle of wine, I didn't think I had a problem. I mean, do you know how wine is like the social norm? I didn't think that was a problem. Putting whiskey in my coffee. I didn't I didn't think that was the problem. Oxy at work so I can be functional. I didn't think that was the problem. Until that day. So every year on my birthday, I'm reminded. I'm reminded of what it was like to basically almost lose my life. Lose everything I had. Had a good job. I was able to keep my job. I, I was no call, no show those two days I was out. Any any other place, you know, you're fired. Like I said, some of you might turn your nose up. You might not want to listen to me anymore after this. I understand. But I had to share that story. So just let me know what you think. 